This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. Frequently we have people call and they'll say this is the first time tonight that I've seen getting to know your Bible. We want you to know that we're so happy that you're watching today if this happens to be your first time. We appreciate those who watch getting to know your Bible every time we come on the air. Continue to watch today as we discuss this subject from the Bible, Open Doors. Open Doors. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today on our telecast, we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize the course is free. We want you to have it. And in order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free. 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8 and 9. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great and effective door has opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. According to verse 9, Paul had a great door of opportunity. In writing to the people in Corinth, he explained that he was going to stay until Pentecost, where he was because there was this door of opportunity. And we should utilize all of the opportunities that we have. The apostle wrote again in Galatians 6 and 10, As we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. And then again he wrote in Ephesians 5 and 16 that we are to redeem the time. And that really means that we are to utilize or to buy up the opportunity. Paul said, there's a great door and effective that is open unto me. But he said, with that door, there are many adversaries. Now, you and I have some open doors, and we want to talk about at least two of those doors today, the Lord willing. But even with those open doors, there's going to be some opposition. Even with those doors that are open to us, there will be adversaries. First of all, the door that I, first door that I'd like to talk about is the door of deeper knowledge of the Bible. That's open to you today. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the apostle wrote, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
Now, when we study the Bible, when we open the Bible and we study the Bible, there are some things that we need to remember. We need to keep these things in mind. Number one, remember that we do not know all there is to know about the Bible. No person will ever get to the point in his or her life that they know everything there is to know about the Bible. I've been studying the Bible now for many, many years. I've almost been preaching for 50 years. But I still feel as though I'm just beginning to scratch the surface of the knowledge that there is to be found in the Bible. A great preacher of another day, T.B. Larimore said, Till the swallow shall drink the oceans dry, the truths of God shall never be exhausted. So we need to realize we don't know it all. Secondly, when you open up the Bible to study it, realize that that book that you have in your hand is inspired of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. 2 Timothy 3 16. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So we need to keep those two things in mind. We don't know all about the Bible. We've got much to learn. And it's inspired of God. And in the third place we need to remember that we ought to approach a study of the Bible with an open mind. Jesus realized there would be people whose minds would not be open to his word. And in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15, Jesus said, For this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, you should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. It would be very hard to see the truth if you got your spiritual eyes closed. It would be very difficult to hear the truth if you've got your fingers stuck in your spiritual ears. We have to approach a study of the Bible with an open mind. And then a fourth thing to remember as we open the Bible to study it is that one day we shall be judged by what we read in the Bible, that is, in the New Testament especially. In Romans, the second chapter, in verse 16, there the apostle wrote, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men according to my gospel, men will be judged by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not going to be judged by uh, what men think. We're not going to be judged by our ideas, our opinions. We're not going to be judged by a group of people somewhere. We're going to be judged in light of what we read in the Bible. In John 12 and 48, our Christ said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. We have a great opportunity here. We have a door open unto us. A door of deeper knowledge of the Bible. We must keep these things in mind 
as we study the Bible. When we study the Bible, we learn these two facts. There are two testaments, Old Testament and New Testament. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. Someone says, you know, Brother Lambert, I, I knew that one time. I just cannot ever remember how many books are in the Old Testament and how, how many books are in the New Testament. Well, let me give you a little technique that will help you remember. Suppose you were to count the number of letters in the word old. Well, there are three. If you count the number of letters in the word testament, there are nine. Three and nine would make 39. Now let's count the number of letters in the number testament, uh, or rather the, the word new, and there are three letters in the word new. There are nine letters in the word testament. Nine times three equals 27. So there are 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. And Jesus Christ endorsed both testaments. He endorsed the Old Testament, and Jesus Christ endorsed the New Testament. Actually, Jesus endorsed the New Testament before it was ever written. But now let's think about how Jesus endorsed the Old Testament. Jesus endorsed the story about the creation of the world. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 4, Jesus said, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. Now what was Jesus doing? Well, one of the things he was doing was endorsing the story about the creation of man and woman in the very beginning of time as being true. Jesus endorsed a story about the flood. There are some people that question as to whether or not there was actually a worldwide flood or a universal flood. But in Matthew the 24th chapter, Jesus in the verse 37 beginning said, For as in the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, by making that statement, what was Jesus doing? He was endorsing the Old Testament. He endorsed the Old Testament in Luke the fourth chapter in verse 27. When he said there were many lepers in Israel in the days of Elias the prophet, and none of them was healed saving Naaman the Syrian. Why, he was endorsing the story about the healing of Naaman from his leprosy. And then in Luke the 17th chapter in verse 32, he endorsed the Old Testament story about Lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt. He simply said, remember Lot's wife. And then Jesus also endorsed the Old Testament account of Moses making a brass serpent and putting it on a pole. And when he did, all the people who looked upon that brass serpent lived and did not die. Jesus endorsed that. In John 3, 14, he said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus endorsed the Old Testament. It's true. It's the Word of God. But he also endorsed the New Testament before it was written. In John chapter 16 and verse 13, Jesus said, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he shall guide you into all truth. He shall guide you into how much truth? All truth. 
and he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he heareth, that shall he speak. And so Jesus was saying, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into the revealing of truth. And not just truth, but all truth. In John chapter 14 and in verse 26, Christ said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. While there are many things that Christ said to those apostles that they might not be from the human standpoint be able to call those things, recall them and to remember those things. But he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, who will help you and he will help you to recall whatever I have said to you. All truth has been revealed to the world. By the time the last inspired writer of the Bible died, all religious truth had been revealed to the world. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Jesus endorsed both of them. But when Christ died on the cross, it's when he gave the New Testament. And today we live under the teaching of the New Testament. There's profit and benefit in studying the Old Testament. In Romans 15 and 4, the Bible says that whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through comfort and patience of the scriptures might have hope. So when we study the Old Testament, there's so many things that we learn from the Old Testament that help us as we live today under the New Testament. Now there is benefit in studying the Old Testament as well as the New. Listen to Paul in 2 Timothy 3.14. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom that thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So the Bible, can the Old Testament scriptures, that, that's what Paul was talking about in this passage, will make you wise unto salvation, which is in Christ. Well, how does the Old Testament make us wise? Well, we study the prophecies about the coming of Christ, some 333 prophecies about Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And they say Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Of course, when we come to the New Testament, the message is He's come. So when we study the Bible, we open this book for deeper knowledge of the Bible. We need to understand something about the, the testaments of the Bible. And we need to understand something about the ages of history that are found in the Bible. There are actually three ages of history. There is the patriarchal age. And the word patriarchal comes from the word patriarch. And the word patriarch means father. And the patriarchal age is that period of time in the Bible when God spoke to the fathers or the patriarchs of the family and in turn the fathers explained to the family what God wanted them to do. And the patriarchal age began with the very beginning, lasted until Mount Sinai, where God gave the, the Ten Commandments and the Jewish law to the Jewish people. 
And that was the beginning of a second age of Bible history, the Mosaical age of Bible history. And it began at Sinai when God gave that law to the people through, through the hands of Moses. And it lasted until the cross of Christ. When Jesus died on that cross, there was the beginning of the age in which we live today known as the Christian age. And the Christian age will last until the end of time. We need to open the Bible. One of the greatest problems in the religious world today are closed Bibles. People who don't open the Bible. You say, well, Brother Lambert, I don't understand why I ought to read the Bible. No, one reason that we should read the Bible is to learn truth. To learn truth. What is truth? Some people tell us that you can't know what's true. That you can't be sure about anything. Well, I wonder if they're sure about that. Of course you can know what is true. In John 8, 32, Jesus said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In John 17 and 17, he said, Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. When I study the Bible, I know that in this book called the Bible, I'm going to find truth. And I want to search the scriptures to see what is true. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, the Bereans were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. We need to be searching the scriptures every day to learn truth, to learn truth. I would urge you not to take for granted everything that you hear on this telecast or any telecast is true until you have opened your Bible and with an open mind looked at it and looked at the truth. Learn the truth. And then we ought to open the Bible to feed our souls. How do you suppose you'll feed your soul if you don't? In 1 Peter 2 and 2, Peter said, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Well, why is that? That you may grow thereby so that you can grow spiritually. And you remember Jesus' statement in Matthew 4 where he was tempted of Satan? In verse 4 he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. You see, I want to feed my soul on the right thing. Many people are feeding their souls today on things that are not going to build them up spiritually. I hate to say it, but they're feeding their souls on garbage. Things that are not fit for human consumption, that is to be in your mind. The thing that will help you grow spiritually is God's Word. We ought to open the Bible to feed our souls. I suppose that if we were able to see our souls through the eyes of God, many of us may look malnourished because we have neglected our souls. Another reason I want to suggest that we ought to open the Bible and take advantage of the opportunity to study the Bible is in order that we might prevent sin in our lives. In Psalms 119 and verse 11, the Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin 
against thee. Paul said, I, a, a door great and effectual is open unto me. And there, and there are a lot of adversaries. There are probably adversaries to keep us from opening the Bible, don't you suppose? That the adversary of neglect, maybe laziness, unconcern. But, but could I encourage you to open your Bible and study the Bible? Let me tell you about a man who did that. I don't know his name. We just all, always refer to him as the Ethiopian eunuch. He was from Ethiopia, and he was a eunuch. And we read about this man in the book of Acts, in the 8th chapter of Acts, and beginning in the 26th verse is the, is the account of the, of, of the conversion of the man from Ethiopia. Philip was an evangelist. And Philip was instructed to go to the chariot side of this man from Ethiopia. You see, the eunuch had been to Jerusalem to worship. Now he was on his way back home. And as he was journeying back home, Philip came near to the chariot. And he observed that he was reading the Bible. Can you imagine riding along reading his Bible? And Philip asked him the question, do you understand what you're reading? I've had people say, Brother Lambert, can you explain this to me? Can you, can you explain such and such a verse to me? I don't understand it. Philip's question was, do you understand what you're reading? Now the man was not uh, uh, embarrassed to say, no, I don't understand. He said, how can I except some man should guide me? He said, I need someone to help me to understand. And so Philip began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. But the point I want to make is this man had his Bible open. And with his Bible open, Philip began at the same scripture, which incidentally was from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water and the and the eunuch said, see, here's water. Well, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And the eunuch, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And the eunuch said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down into the water, both, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away that the eunuch saw him no more, and he, that is the eunuch, went on his way rejoicing. But it all started with a man taking advantage of an open door. He had his Bible open. And my friend, you will never learn what you need to do Please God without opening the Bible. You must open the book. Is your Bible open today? Sometimes the Bible is closed in the very place you'd expect it to be open. Sometimes the Bible is closed in some so-called pulpits 
where, where the Bible is never used to explain Bible scriptures to people, but maybe some experiences are told. Sometimes the Bible is closed in a so-called Christian home because it is never used in that home. Only on Sunday do they dust it off and take it with them to worship. But I repeat, you can't learn what you should do without opening the book. And friends, when you open this book to find out what to do to be saved, I, I want to go back to the example that I just gave you here in Acts the 8th chapter. Here was a man who had faith in God. Evidently, he was reading the Bible. He had been to worship. Doesn't that suggest to you that he had faith in God? And, and now he's riding along and he's reading from one of the prophets of the Old Testament. I, I said earlier that one of the benefits of studying the Old Testament are the prophecies in the Old Testament that are about Jesus Christ. And, and one, of the, one of the more familiar prophecies about Christ is the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Where Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities and the like. And so he's preaching to him from that chapter. And the man has his Bible open and he's studying the Bible. And he finds out what to do to be saved. After hearing this man Philip preach. And he says, I just want to know why can't I be baptized? You talk about thrilling a preacher's heart. No doubt that thrilled the heart of Philip. I remember one Sunday morning, not very long ago, a woman walking up to me and she said, Brother Lambert, would you baptize me? I said, certainly will. Be delighted to baptize you for the remission of your sins. And she is a faithful Christian to this very day. There's nothing that would be more thrilling to you than to give your life to Jesus Christ. Some of you have been watching this telecast for a long time, long time. You've heard me read Bible verses that tell us what we ought to do, like Mark 16 and 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And you've been thinking someday I'll get around to it. But today has not yet come. I'd like to urge you with all of the love that I have in my heart for you to give your life to Christ. Find some servant of God to baptize you into Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remission of your sins. And the reason I urge you to do that is not because I want you to do it. It's because that's what the Bible teaches and that's what the Lord Jesus Christ would urge you to do. I would urge you to do that today. You got the Bible. Keep it open. Study it. Some of you study your Bible every day. You know what to do. Do it. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.